Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the People Processes Podcast, where we dive deep into the tools, laws, and yes, processes that you need to know in order to scale and grow your organization. On this podcast, we help you structure your business processes to make your people your organization's greatest competitive advantage. Don't forget, you can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and pretty much any podcatcher of your choice. You can also subscribe at peopleprocesses.com, which will give you exclusive subscriber-only content. Here is your host, Rami Alajil, author and CEO of People Processes. excited to have you here today. This is part three of our salary versus hourly, professional exemption, FLSA exempt, hoo-ha world of the week. Getting a little punchy. This is the third one I've done. <laughs> Trying to uh, make sure you guys have this whole in kind of one good thought without me messing something up. So uh, we're doing these back to back. We're going to talk about the professional exemption in this one. Outside of the administrative exemption, this is the most common one. And it's also the most specific. There's lots of individual pieces and some cool stuff in here, including why you don't have to pay your lawyer uh, as much as you might think, unless they sue you and then you'll need to pay them. Anyway, they're exempt from the salary requirements. There's some interesting stuff in here. All right, let's uh, go through the professional employees exemption. This specific uh, the, the exemption requires a lot of very specific exemptions to create a bona fide professional employee. Let's summarize them. There are two general types of exempt professional employees, learned professionals and creative professionals. We'll talk about learned professionals first. So, to qualify for a learned professional employee exemption, all of the following tests must be met. The employee must be compensated on a salary or fee basis of not less than $684 per week. That's $35,500 per year. The employee's primary duty must be the performance or work uh, requiring, uh, performance of work requiring advanced knowledge defined as work which is predominantly intellectual in character and which includes working with consistent uh, work includes work requiring the consistent exercise of discretion and judgment. I'm so sorry. I'm like I said. I'm getting a little punchy. So work requiring the consistent exercise of uh, discretion and judgment. The advanced knowledge must be in a field of science or learning. Uh, you can't have a advanced knowledge of cartoon drawing. That would not fall under this learned professional exemption. Hint: It fall under the creative professional exemption. The advanced knowledge must be customarily acquired by a prolonged course of specialized intellectual instruction. That's actually named on there. So um, let's talk about that. Work requiring advanced knowledge. Re work requiring advanced knowledge means work which is predominantly intellectual in character and which includes work requiring the consistent exercise of discretion and judgment. So professional work is therefore distinguished from work involving routine, mental, manual, mechanical, or physical work. A professional employee generally uses the advanced knowledge to analyze, interpret, or make deductions from varying facts or circumstances. Advanced knowledge cannot be attained at the high school level, period. Whenever they say that, they mean something you don't learn in high school. Field of science or learning. What does this mean? You know, it can't be in music? No, it can't be. It's got to be in science or learning. The phrase field of science or learning includes traditional professions of law, medicine, theology, 
stated, I swear to you. Accounting, actuarial computation, engineering, architecture, teaching, which we're gonna come back to because that's a big one, physical, chemical, and biological sciences, pharmacy, and other similar occupations. Those that have a recognized professional status as distinguished from the mechanical arts, skilled trade, which are just not fields of science and learning, according to this law. The areas in which this professional exemption may be available are expanding. As knowledge is developed, academic training is broadened, and specialized degrees are offered in new and diverse fields, thus creating new specialists in particular fields of science and learning. That's cool. When an advanced specialized degree has become a standard requirement for entrance into a particular occupation, that occupation probably has required the characteristics of a learned profession. Accrediting and certifying organizations will likely develop. They'll create similar specialized curriculums with certification programs, and if those become a standard requirement for a particular application, may again indicate that, they're, um, that the occupation has acquired that characteristics of a learned profession. So uh, let's talk a little bit more. Again, we're sticking with this learned professional thing. This is often customarily acquired by, pro by a prolonged course of specialized intellectual instruction, so say the law. So the learned professional exemption is restricted to professions where specialized academic training is a standard prerequisite for entrance into the profession. The best evidence of meeting this requirement is having the appropriate academic degree, boom. But the word customarily means exceptions can be available to employers in such professions who have substantially the same knowledge and uh, or are evaluating an employee who has the same knowledge and performs substantially the same work as the degreed employees, but who attained the advanced knowledge through a combination of work experience and intellectual instruction. So for example, the learned professional exemption is available to the occasional lawyer who has not gone to law school, or the occasional chemist who does not possess a chemistry degree. Though, Lord, probably, you know, they gotta be really good, <laughs> right? Uh, hiring chemists with a chemistry degree, anyway. The learned professional exemption is not available for occupations that require only a four-year degree uh, in any field or a two-year degree as a prerequisite for entrance to the field. The learned professional exemption also does not apply to occupations in which most employees acquire their skill by experience rather than by specialized advanced intellectual instruction. This is about postgraduate learning. Accredited curriculums and certification programs are relevant to determining learned, uh, the exempt learned professional status only to the extent that they provide evidence that a prolonged course of specialized intellectual instruction has become a standard prerequisite for entrance into the profession. Neither the identity of the certifying organization or the mere fact that certification is required is determinative if certification does not involve a prolonged course of specialized intellectual instruction. So for example, Certified physician assistants meet the duties requirement uh, for the learned professional exemption because certification requires four years of specialized post-secondary school instruction. Employees with cosmetology license are not exempt as learned professionals because the licenses do not require a prolonged course of specialized intellectual instruction. If cosmetology was a master's degree or a graduate school four-year program after you get your bachelor's, it would be. In addition, the fact that an employee possesses a license to practice a certain profession can be considered, again, along with all other criteria in um, determining the exempt status of the employee. But in order for a licensed employee to meet the duties test, the employee must actually perform those exempt duties. Uh, so it's not just being licensed that matters. They've gotta be, it's gotta be all the above. I hope that helps you with the learned professional. We're gonna come back to teachers. They're gonna need a little bit more in-depth love. But 
uh, lawyers, all those kind of things. But for now, that gives you the idea of what a learned professional is. If you look over your organization and you have economists, actuaries, uh, accountants, you have top high-ed, postgraduate education, CPAs, uh, that kind of world on staff, those are your learned professionals. The most common learned professional, though, is, of course, the teacher. And we're going to come to that in a minute. Because what's graduate school but to teach you how to teach? Anyway, I have a grad degree. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. Anyway, the now the other side of the learned professional uh, professional exemption is the creative professional exemption. I want to talk about that for a minute. The quali to qualify for the creative professional employee exemption, all of the following tests must be met. Let's go through them. The employee must be compensated either on a salary or fee basis as a rate not less than $684 per week, just like before, $35,500 and some odd per year. The employee's primary duty must be the performance of work requiring invention, imagination, originality, or talent in a recognized field of artistic or creative endeavor. So, similar to the learned professional, now we have some keywords here. Let's talk about invention, imagination, originality, or talent. The requirement that the employee's primary duty must be the performance of work requiring those things, invention, imagination, originality, or talent, distinguishes the creative professions from work that primarily depends on intelligence, diligence, accuracy. Exemption as a creative professional depends on the extent of the invention, imagination, originality, or talent exercised by the employee. Whether the exemption applies, therefore, must be determined, again, on a case-by-case -case basis. These requirements are generally met by actors, musicians, composers, soloists, certain painters, certain writers, cartoonists, essayists, novelists, uh, and others set forth in the regulations. Journalists, by the way, may satisfy the duties requirements of the creative and professional exemption if their primary work is duty requiring invention, imagination, originality, or talent. You're going to hear that a lot. They're not exempt creative professionals if they only collect, organize, and record information. Uh, that is routine or already public, or if they do not contribute a unique interpretation or analysis to a news product. So that's uh, important to know, though, what journalist doesn't at this point. Anyway, let's talk next about uh, what the next words are. Recognized field of artistic or creative endeavor. Just like the learned professional exemption had recognized field, the creative one does. These include fields such as music, writing, acting, graphic arts, okay? Now, let's go, I hope that makes sense. I hope that, you know, if you have, if you have people on, on staff whose primary duty is to come up with great thing ideas and make beautiful art, like you have a graphic designer on staff like we do, we give them a script, we give them, you know, we're like, hey, this employer recorded this in a video chat. I need a video made out of it. They go and they, they just dream and they turn it into something pretty. That's an artist. That's a creative professional. Now the last section I want to talk about is teachers. Teachers are exempt if their primary duty is teaching, tutoring, instructing, or lecturing in the activity uh, of important, imparting knowledge, or if they are employed and engaged in their activity as a teacher in an educational establishment. So basically teachers are teachers. It's pretty straightforward. Um, some of the key things that they're, uh, some of those roles that are, that they're that are common, that they're not limited to, but common, regular academic teachers, kindergarten or nursery school teachers, teachers of gifted or disabled children, teachers of skilled and semi-skilled trades and occupations, 
teachers engaged in automobile driving instruction, all aircraft flight instructors, home ec teachers. They put a special part in there for home economics teachers. I appreciate that. Vocal or instrument music teachers. They wouldn't fall under the creative exemption. They'd fall under the teaching exemption. Here's what's interesting about teachers. The salary and salary basis requirements do not apply to bona fide teachers. Having a primary duty of teaching, tutoring, instructing, or lecturing in the activity of imparting knowledge includes, by its very nature, exercising discretion and judgment. Therefore, if you do it, you are exempt, and there is no salary requirement. So, why is this? Let me just do a brief thing. Your, your educational people may be going, that's so not fair. You mean a, I, I don't have to be paid as much as a, um, you know, some, some, some business strategist or any other uh, exempt. We've gone over administrators already. I'm trying to think what some of them are, are accountants, that kind of thing. Well, you don't, but it's really to give you the flexibility. A lot of you are paid $200 per class, right? Maybe you teach three classes a week. That's $600. To teach, uh, to teach six hours, right? The class is twice a week for an hour. The hourly rate doesn't matter. The, we, don't, we, don't, we don't hold schools and teachers to these things because the way you teach and the way you're compensated is something you can absolutely determine internally. Also, again, the assumption is that teachers are pretty dang smart and you can you know, negotiate if you need to. So speaking of that amount, Practice of law or medicine, an employee holding a valid license or certificate permitting the practice of law or medicine is also exempt if the employee engages in such a practice. An employee who holds the requisite academic degree um, for the general practice of medicine is also exempt if you're engaged as an intern or resident program for the profession. And just like teachers, law, medicine, and teachers, the salary and salary basis requirements do not apply to bona fide practitioners of the fields of law or medicine. This is important to know. That's why the academic administrative exemption we talked about on last episode is very important because they're not saying you have to pay your people more than your teachers, you have to pay them the same amount in these special academic administrative positions. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Rami Alijil. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you learned something today about the learned professional uh, or creative professional exemptions as part of the broad white collar categories. Tomorrow we'll be going into more uh, exceptions to the law. I hope this was helpful to you and uh, I appreciate you coming in. Please review us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. If you are listening on your phone, on iTunes, drop a review, like us, subscribe. It makes a huge difference. Fewer than 5% of our listeners are liked, like or subscribe to any of our videos. They listen daily, but they don't hit the button. It would make such a huge difference. I would really appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Check us out on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter at People Processes. Go to peopleprocesses.com, subscribe, and get some of our subscriber-only content. And if you got something out of this, make sure you share it with anyone you know. Thank you for tuning in. Now it's time for you to go out there, have a great day, and get your work done.